ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is disport. I me, I must confess it. Last night I dis disport myself most lustily, and today I do suffer. My head aches, my stomach lurches, my legs are weak beneath me. It is altogether as if I am afloat in a wild sea. And yet, I would rather suffer than forego all this sport. Dancing, wine drinking, card playing, and going to bed at sunrise. Oh, my head. This sport. Hmm. How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with a somewhat hungover Philadelphia carry for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle, and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting. So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you so much for listening. And also, we want to thank Feedspot for naming our podcast one of the top 10 Tudor podcasts on the web, number two to be exact. Tudor files are just an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Philadelphia, can you give us the spelling of disport, our word of the week? It is spelled D-I-S-P-O-R-T. And it means to enjoy oneself unrestrainedly, to forget anything serious, to have fun. Yeah, it means to have a blowout, to have a blast, to party hardy. And it can be used as both a noun and a verb. But our use of the word comes from a very serious event, not a disport at all, but a battle. Yes. So in 1588, a 55-year-old Queen Elizabeth I gave a rousing speech to her troops who were preparing for a defensive battle against the Spanish Armada. Oh, it was terrifying when it became known at court that the monstrous Habsburg King Philip II had dispatched an army of 55,000 men and more than 130 ships against us. I bet it was scary. Philip was in league with the Duke of Parma, who was in the Netherlands. And at this time, Spain was the superpower in Europe, and the Netherlands were part of the Catholic Holy Roman Empire. The plan was for this grande e felicissima armada, or great and most fortunate navy, to sail from Spain, to go through the English Channel, to meet up with the forces of the Duke of Parma, and then escort that force back to England to invade the country and overthrow Elizabeth I. It was incredibly audacious. And the part of the plan that seems the most audacious to me is that they're going to go through the English Channel. So they're saying to the English, hey, we're going through your channel. We're going to go pick up some soldiers and bring them back. <laughs> you know, they were like, even just putting it out there that they were coming, you know, they weren't trying to be sneaky. It was super bold. And Philip's goal was complete regime change. He wanted to get rid of Elizabeth and the Anglican church and to turn England back into a Catholic country the way it was when his wife and Elizabeth's half-sister, Mary I, was on the throne. And in 1588, England was a small country. It was much smaller militarily than Spain. My companions and I quaked with fear that the Spanish devils would descend upon us, ravish us, and steal our goods. Indeed, we sewed our most valuable jewels into our petticoats to protect them. 
I stitched two dozen gold coins into my corset. How the gold did rub against my flesh. Spanish devils? Wow, Philadelphia. I'm sure Elizabeth herself was just a mess, freaking out. But then, against all odds, with bad weather on their side, the English drove the Spanish away from the Dover Straits. Which seemed kind of a miracle at the time. So they prevented them going through the English Channel to meet up with the Duke of Parma, but the English were still terrified that maybe the Duke of Parma was coming on his own and the Spanish would sort of re, you know, re-amass themselves and try an, a tactic to invade. And instead of hiding away inside the Tower of London for safety, Elizabeth went out onto the field. She went to the coast of Essex to Tilbury. She was remarkable. I mean, as a woman, she couldn't lead her troops into battle, but she rode out to support them, whatever the danger to herself. She did, but not in full armor, sitting astride a fiery war horse like Kate Blanchett did in Elizabeth. Elizabeth was almost certainly riding side saddle, and contemporary accounts say she wore a breastplate over a white gown. And she also donned a plumed helmet on her head, but it was not full armor. Full armor for a lady? Oh dear, no, never. Our queen would have looked most ridiculous. So strangely in the movie Elizabeth, Kate Blanchett does not give the speech that Elizabeth actually gave. No, she doesn't even give like a shortened version of it with all these wonderful words that Elizabeth used or this wonderful emotion. She gives this kind of meaningless like Hollywood shorthand speech. I, I don't know. I It seems like a very weird writer's choice, but I guess they didn't think they could hold the viewer's attention for the whole of this wonderful speech that Elizabeth gave. Well, we know our Tudor files and they have amazing attention and they love all things Tudor. So Philadelphia, why don't you share the whole speech with us? My loving people, we have been persuaded by some that we are careful of our safety to take heed how we commit ourselves to armed multitudes for fear of treachery. But I assure you, I do not desire to live to distrust my faithful and loving people. Let tyrants fear. I have always so behaved myself that under God I have placed my chiefest strength and safeguard in the loyal hearts and goodwill of my subjects. And therefore I am come amongst you, as you see, at this time, not for my recreation and disport, but being resolved in the midst and heat of the battle to live and die amongst you all, to lay down for my God and for my kingdom and my people, my honor and my blood, even in the dust. I know I have the heart of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king and a king of England too, and think foul scorn that Palmer or Spain or any prince of Europe should dare to invade the borders of my realm, to which rather than any dishonor shall grow by me, I myself will take up arms, I myself will be your general, judge and rewarder of every one of your virtues in the field. I know already, for your forwardness, you have deserved rewards and crowns, and we do assure you on the word of a prince, they shall be duly paid. In the meantime, my lieutenant general shall be in my stead. 
than whom never prince commanded a more noble or worthy subject, not doubting by your obedience to my general, by your concord in the camp and your valor in the field, we shall shortly have a famous victory over these enemies of my God, of my kingdom and of my people. That is such an inspiring speech. And the English won the day and they drove the Armada away from the island. We are not saying that's the end of hostilities with Spain. The hostilities between England and Spain went far into the reign of James I. Of course, the English lost plenty of those encounters, and it was an incredible moment for Elizabeth. This battle of the Armada was incredibly significant for the English to sort of put themselves on the map, the underdogs against the huge forces of Spain. Of course, it was a huge victory for Elizabeth herself, personally. I mean, one, as we know, she got a great portrait out of it. We all love the Armada portrait. And as she said in her speech, she wasn't out there in Essex for her recreation or disport. She was not playing around. She was there as a queen to rouse her troops with the heart and stomach of a king of England. If we put on our modern hats, we would have liked her to be able to say she has the heart and stomach of a queen of England, and that would have the same significance. But of course, in that time period, the king was the one that rode into battle with you. And she's essentially saying to her people, I am as good as a king. And that is a huge statement in 1588 for an unmarried queen of England. It's pretty remarkable. It is. And this victory over the Spanish who dared to try to invade her island, it just added so much to the cult of Gloriana that was already growing up around the queen. Oh, Elizabeth Regina, oh, good Queen Bess, I have had such disport sharing Her Majesty's thrilling words with all of you. So give heed to the files. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with disport. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like.